Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to Good Morning slash Afternoon. Hello, whenever you're watching it, I'm in. Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch with me, Johan Philip, joined by Joel Virgo and the wonderful Ruth Davenport. Thank you so much for joining us, Ruth. We have just heard Joel preach from the Bible. We looked at the story of Elijah after Elijah powerfully encounters God and then runs into, I guess, in a place of depression and in a place of great anxiety. And we really unpacked that story and looking at the theme of self awareness. Um, we are also in the middle of our small group uh, term, so we encourage people to work out these questions that they may have in small group. And we've got a few questions for you. Um, but again, if you have any questions which you like, please drop them in the YouTube chat or on Instagram and we will pick them up. Um, how self-aware do you think you are? And what has helped you with this in the past? How do your relationships with other people help you in this area? What type of conversations are helpful? What aspects of God's character do we see in the passage of the Bible? And just Ruth, to help us with one of the questions, um, how do your relationships with other people help you in this area? And what type of conversations are helpful? Oh, these are good questions. <laughs> um, what type of conversations? Honest conversations, painful conversations, uncomfortable conversations. Um, why do relationships help? Well, for me, because I am a big picture kind of girl, I like to uh, get look at the big picture and think, well, that's fundamental to who I am as a human being. So um, Jill was talking from Genesis, but in Genesis, yeah, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So he is a relational God. He made us from relationship for relationship. And so therefore, when I'm in relationship, that's when I'm most um, fully expressing myself and my humanity. So that's uh, just obeying biblical kind of <laughs> DNA. Um, when I'm doing relationship, then I'm realizing more, oh crumbs, this is, <laughs> this is who I am. But yes, also just the very fact that in, it's in relationship that you, you encounter uh, complexity, you encounter variety, you encounter suffering and vulnerability and how much you need and are needy as well. So all these kind of things that help, um, yeah, I guess reveal and help self-awareness. Cool, thanks Ruth. Welcome. I also like the conversations which are really positive and sometimes you talk to people and they have such a low opinion of themselves yes. and yet you can be like no you're actually quite a remarkable person and God's got stuff in your life and mm. yes. I really enjoy those conversations you know I get them quite often people come tell me what a <laughs> remarkable person I am jokes um, we get the message <laughs> yeah yeah and we'll try and make more time to <laughs> thanks tell you mate what we, we noticed we've got we've got the matching matching we, we were in the experience. uniform what happened Ruth neon than yours though so <laughs> mine's what He's less neon than yours. Less neon. Thing. Mine looks, I basically look like a tropical fish. <laughs> Except we had a camera earlier on which didn't do this. I think this screen, we're all right now, but there was a, in the rehearsal, there was a, um, we do rehearse. Not live brunch, we don't rehearse this, do we? <laughs> but the other bits. And I, had, I was wearing this jacket and it looked like I should have been behind glass in a pet shop. I just like, just Nemo. <laughs> I've never heard of anybody who's described themselves as looking like a tropical fish. That is quite That's extraordinary. That's how self-aware he is, Johan. We should probably get that clip on social yeah. media right. and flood right. over and describe, <laughs> yes. describe himself knows. as a tropical he fish. He knows himself. Um, just I don't something. normally look like one. It's just the <laughs> colour of the, the camera's work on the jacket. 
jumping into some of the questions that have come in. Um, a, a lot of what you, again, we looked at Elijah, we looked at an individual. Yeah. Um, and yet as a church, we are a community. We are a, a group of people. Um, do you feel like maybe Elijah was, was carrying the weight of bringing God's word to an unrepentant people all on himself? And did that lend to, um, the, I guess, the depression, the anxiety, just the weight of, of, of carrying that responsibility? How does that outwork as, within us as part of a church community? Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's fascinating. It is a big, big subject all in itself. If you, if you know the story of Elijah, or you, it's, you could get into that. Because mm. you look at his story and you realize there's a, um, a kind of a, a loneliness um, that's kind of baked into his story. Uh, and it's partly the way God's led him. He has driven him onto a lonely path. Um, but I think that he's allowed the loneliness to make him uh, overly self-dependent, or, or at least, let's put it this way, it's like I think he's begun to think that the, the cause of God stands or falls on his faithfulness. Mm. And so it feels like um, when, when he's broken, the cause of God is broken. If I can't do this, if I fail, all is lost. Mm. And... Um, uh, I, you can see how he's got there. Because he's like, when he confronts the king earlier on in the story, he says to him literally, except at my word, there will be no rain. <laughs> it's quite a thing to say. Until I say there's going to be no rain in this country. And it's like for three and a half years, no rain. Because, what? Well, Elijah's the guy, he controls the rain. And that is a massive burden. And you, so you're right, it, you can, it can get into your psyche. I think that's what happens with him. And that's, it's, it's partly what, you know, so when... when Early on, when he's feeling depressed, he tells he goes down to Judah and tells his servant to stay there. Um, it's like, it's just, I need to be on my own. And you, there's something about that that's redeemable. It's like good, solitude is good, and, and he needs to be on his own. It's true. But there's also a side of it where no one gets close to him. No, no, no people really get to know him, and he, he'd prefer that, perhaps. Um, and so when he prays, I'm the only one left, it's, it's interesting that part of God's healing of him is saying, there are 7,000 others mm. who've not bowed the knee. And Elijah, you may have been the voice for those people, but you're not the only one. Got, I may have used you to bring the roar, but you represent a great people. Mm. And um, I think that what we, the mistake we make is when we think, I am necessary in a way that almost puts me outside of the ordinary church, yeah. makes me more important than the church, makes me, yeah, the church, yeah, they, they just don't get it. I, I, I'm the one that's really doing the work. And I think people fall into that trap. Um, and it's, it's humbling to realize, you know what? God doesn't need me. Um, in fact, maybe the church does. You know, I, those 7,000 people, they need you, Elijah. You, you need to draw, connect with them again, connect with Elisha, connect with the community. Um, and I, so I think people do get into that sort of Lone Ranger thing, and it becomes a kind of, I think it probably gets into a little bit of a, a, a complex, or you, yeah. you could say, in some people's lives. And uh, we just need to be watchful. I guess it, it works on, on such a big level where you're, you're changing the course of a nation's history. Mm. But almost at the, the, at the individual level within the church community, what does that look like? That looks like me being uh, a, a good Christian in my work situation. It, it looks like me being faithful to what the Bible teaches in that work situation. It's about having those conversations with people. Yeah. With not, not just the Ahabs and the Jezebels, yeah. but my, my mate, Bob, yeah, totally. at work. Um, within that context, how, what would you say to people 
to stop them from feeling like I've got this all, uh, this, I'm carrying this burden all by myself, uh, and I need to win this person over back to God, and I'm doing it all by myself. Um, so, do you mean? Can you? Do you mean specifically in a situation where you're trying to do mission? Or yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. Rather, when you're doing it on your own and you're not doing it with the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess I guess it's a bit. I, I, maybe it's relevant to to answer it this way. Um, I think um, we can we we should just try by experiment to see how far we get by not relying on ourselves. I, silly example, but I remember doing um, some re reaching out to some some people, some some students um, a few years ago, reaching out to some students at a, a university campus, and. Um, I took with me the, I, I can't remember how it ended up going this way, but the old alpha videos um, uh, that are kind of a little bit over, <laughs> out of date. They're really out of date now. This is years ago. Now they'd be even more out of date. But it's like Nicky Gumbel doing his talks and it's like cheesy music and, and just the graphics. It's just, it's kind of, but it's, it doesn't matter because he's, he's doing the gospel. He's teaching the gospel. And I just showed these videos. And I just thought, I'm going to do this. Normally, I would try and do all the talking and do, you know. I thought, I'm going to just play these videos and see what happens. And, and, and what was really interesting was that something different happened in the room. As I, I felt the weakness of it, I thought, this, this, this looks a little bit cheesy and probably doesn't look cool. But I thought, I'm just going to nevertheless um, See if there's a way that this cuts through, see, see, and, and, and actually kind of humble myself in that mm. sense. And I was surprised at how much further it got, really, in a way, kind of cut things open and started conversations up. It's like I remember just this on a, on a subjective level, just pressing play, and for, for the still 45 minutes, thinking, God's here. Mm. You know, the presence of God is here, mm. um, which was kind of fun. You know? <laughs> Not, I don't know what's going to happen next, but, but that's a, maybe a silly example. Mm. But, but I think just by humbling ourselves, saying, No, I, I haven't got all the answers and, and yeah. teaming it is, is good. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ruth? No, just, just as I don't have all the answers, so, you know, <laughs> you keep reading script and you're like, wow, I really don't have all the answers, so yeah. <laughs> it gets easier to sort of be like, God, you really need to yes. come ahead and because I can't. Yes. <laughs> um, when I read the story of Elijah and I read those extraordinary, extraordinary miracles that he has and be the encounters that he has with God, that extraordinary encounter that he has with God, and then he... He doesn't die, he just disappears. Yeah. And then you see at the transfiguration, he reappears yeah, yeah. in Israel with Jesus and, and Moses, the two men whose bodies they never found. Yeah. And our good friend uh, Lamech or Enoch, one of those Enoch, guys. Yeah, yeah. Enoch. Um, why doesn't that stuff happen today? Um, do you know, Ruth? Do you mean, do you mean the transfiguration? Why, why did the, no, the big giant. The whole. Why thing? doesn't like fire fall from heaven and burn buffalo? Or. <laughs> You sound a little disappointed. Yeah, like you, I feel as you, like... you just don't like buffalo. Why well, doesn't fire fall from heaven? Is yeah. it when you see a cow in a field? Just, you just the, the extraordinary level of, of miracles and, and power that uh, Elijah seems yeah, to yield. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we, and you said Elijah, and the Bible says that Elijah is a man just like us. And yet we don't see that level mm. of, of power. Well, I, 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 for what it's worth, I would say you probably, we, probably we don't see it, but somebody does. Mm. That, mm. that we just don't know what God's doing in other parts of the world. And uh, um, some of the stories that you learn about mm. what God's doing in places like China or Indonesia or, you know, sometimes you just think, hold on, that can't be true. That's just crazy. And <laughs> I mean, you know, I was reading with my kids the story of Peter getting broken out of prison. Mm. 
in, in uh, the Book of Acts. And, and then I said to them, you know what? I, this happened to a Chinese pastor, it, you know, within my lifetime. This is, mm. there's, lot, there's stories of people locked up in China preaching the gospel and angels getting them out of prison. Wow. Um, uh, you know, reputable stories, you know, mm. documented stories that aren't just the guy down the pub, you know. So it's, it's like, yeah, maybe there's more going on than oh, we know about. So that's one thing. I'd that's, that's encouraging. Thank it you. Doesn't, it doesn't answer the question, though, but for me personally, when I also read those stories and I, within myself, felt such a hunger, like, God, I want to see why I'm not seeing it in my life. And for me, it was actually the conviction of, um, I can't remember where I read this, but it's almost like, well, what are you saying um, that you're not being amazed? Like, there's so many other miracles that I do have in my life. It might not be five, but other things that is not amazing me as it should and kind of, yeah. you know how they say, like, sometimes, I can't remember where in the New Testament where it says that these miracles were happening and still, even the miracles were happening, people are still not believing. Mm. So it's almost like, even if they did happen, yeah. um, it wouldn't lead to belief. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily yeah, lead to belief. So it's kind of, Ruth, what areas am I, have I seen that I'm obeying in, you know? Mm. Great. Mm. Uh, next question. If God is good and Elijah was a man who was obedient to God, why does God let him get discouraged enough to want to die? Isn't God's love supposed to protect us from that? Mm. I'm not sure that it's... It, I think God's love is enough to sometimes allow us so that what's happening with Elijah here is, is a, a painful exposure to, to his need. But that doesn't have to... Be, that, that's an expression of kindness, ultimately, isn't it? Mm. God would be much... I mean, you know, Proverbs um, says in different ways, more than once, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hateful to not, to not discipline your child. You, you, it's out of love that you discipline your child. It's out of hate that you don't. If, if, you, if I had to discipline one of my children and I didn't do it because I, because I love them too much, that's not love, that's sentimentality. That's cowardice um, and foolishness. But when, when, when God loves us, he really loves us. He loves us too much mm. to leave us with conceit. Mm. So he, he helps him to see his need. You know, in Peter, has the same experience really it's like Elijah and Peter is like two versions of the same story mm. and you know Jesus was kind enough to Peter to say oh, you're going to deny me three times you're going to deny you even know me that's because yeah, that's a bit harsh you know Jesus is okay then, then he is harsh if, if that's if that's how we judge harshness but the Bible's lens is much wider than ours mm. God loves us so much that he's prepared to give us experiences that are almost a bit traumatizing mm because he, ca he cares more about our ultimate joy, our ultimate uh, fulfillment mm. than about our sort of temporal um, gratification. And if, mm. if we've just got a steady life of feeling safe all our life, mm. we've probably never met God. Mm. So I, I would say be careful that we don't hold God to a, to a strange criteria for what, what, what constitutes you know, real love. Mm. No, God's much more loving than we realize. Mm. I feel like there is, there's, there's a lot of tension in that question, and, and we, we grapple with it, because on, on one hand, um, we read that, that God is the joy giver, and you know, that's what we want our experience to be. But I also feel like if, we, if that was our only experience, then in some ways the joy would be, would be diminished, mm. yeah. because we wouldn't know mm. the value of being 
of feeling low. And yet you would never really wish that on anybody. Mm. You wouldn't really wish that on, on your family, on your kids, people that you love. You, mm. you kind of want them to... Um, I remember hearing Mike Leeton preach at Westminster Chapel up in London, and he often says that we can think of God as a, like, a heavenly sugar daddy, mm. where he just dispels treats mm. to us all the time, mm. uh, whenever we ask for it. Mm. And, and then we can get so caught up in, in, in having that train of thought about who God is, yeah. when that's, the God is calling us into a relationship. And if, if, all, if all we, I'm gonna be really careful about things, and if I'm saying this wrong, please correct me. If all we ever got was, was goodness, and all our prayers answered and, and everything perfectly, mm -hmm. then it, God would become like a machine, like a, like a, like a slot machine, wouldn't really. you? Put something in and pull the thing and you want something good to come out of it. Um, and, and not really grappling with, with walking through that relationship yeah, in, the yeah. everyday, in everyday life. I think it's, 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 it's understanding that we're in a story. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and when we see it that way, it, we, be, we begin to um, understand the redemptive part that's played by some of the pain, mm. if we understand it as uh, as uh, as part of a story, we can it, that has a different ending. You know that there's a there's purpose to it. There's is a like a, a magnificent painting that has dark mm. parts to it, but the whole the whole uh, effect is magnificent, mm. and, and that's that's the story that God's telling. It's much greater than. A jolly cartoon, mm. you know, a happy cartoon. With it's you now, there's there's some dark features to it, mm. but you appreciate. Oh, now I see something much greater than I thought. Mm. I think that's what's going on in so many Bible stories. Mm. Well, you any thoughts, Well, no, and as you say, not even in Bible stories, but even throughout culture and in art and all good literature and stuff, there is. You see all all the best stories and the best art and things, and are ones that show this tension and um, aren't afraid to go to the the dark bits and. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Conquering hero. Mm. Um, a couple of, of connected questions. Um, if, if I'm in this place of depression, what do I do? What would you say I do? And then the second one would be similar. If, if I feel yeah, I'm in depression and it looks similar to what Elijah went through, will it always be that it's because I need to humble myself in this situation? Yeah, I, I, th I think the, um, um, the first question there is some just some practical instruction from this chapter. Surely, um, it's 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 helping us to see that this this part of the Bible is is telling us what we're always being told now, as if it's sometimes as if it's new. You know, well, actually, the Bible got there first. You know that we 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 need to see ourselves as holistic people. We're not just brains in a vat. If you feel depressed mentally, emotionally, then there is a physical dimension to that you need to watch. You do need to think about things like sleep, rest, eating solitude, space, exercise, those are definite contributing mm. uh, contributors. So, so uh, it's right there. In the, so I would say certainly take that into account. Um, you know, underst do understand, understand yourself as a physical person and take that into the, um, uh, the equation. And I think um, if, this, if I understand the second question, um, I think it's, it's probably, um, it's probably necessary to say, if someone who's struggling with a, a particular season of depression, thinking, is, is, is there a sort of a, an unbelief or an idolatry side to this? Is there a sort of pride that's caused that? I would say, no, it doesn't necessarily follow. Um, and uh, we need to be careful, even with Elijah's story. So I was drawing out a particular 
sort of self-understanding that had to be taken down a bit. And that's often the case. Often God is doing something in us that requires a certain kind of repentance, a certain kind of, yeah, I've got that wrong, and that's led, that's, that's at least exacerbated the mm. depression. But it, it, it doesn't have to follow. And so depression isn't always a, a kind of a, a clue to a need for repentance. Um, and if we always see it like that, we'll harm people unnecessarily. Um, so people who, who struggle with a melancholic tendency, there, there will be probably a physical side to it. And, um, and you know, obviously it's appropriate to look at the medical side, it's appropriate to investigate that, take it seriously, take the seasons of life seriously, mm. take the fact, don't forget that it took weeks for Elijah, weeks, maybe longer. Often it takes a long time for us to come out of these times and mm. to, to be beating ourselves up with a sense of, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? I've done something wrong. It doesn't help at all mm. uh, to just go, and actually to allow uh, yourself mm. the time, you know, to be kind to yourself in that process is really important. Yeah. yeah. One last quick question, unless Ruth, does anything you want to jump in with? Well, no, I was just thinking in the, in the preach when Joe was talking, I was, I was reminded of the story of the, um, of the velveteen rabbit and how he uh, wants to become real, but part of the process of being real is having his fur rubbed off and his, you know, his whiskers fall off, and his, he's scared about that, but, um, that process, but because he knows he's loved and because he is loved through that process, it, um, uh, it, it, it just makes for this beautiful story, and at the end, you know, he does... If you know the story, I shouldn't ruin it for you, spoiler alert. He, um, he's made into a, into a real rabbit. And kind of a, that, that story talks about transformation and then ultimate resurrection. Mm. And so, yes, yeah, so a self, I mean, there's a difference between, like, there's a difference between depression and self awareness. But, but it is a lot, like Joel was saying, it's a long process, but there's such a hope to look forward to. Yeah. There's such a joy, and a, you know, where these things, this tension will be no more. Mm. Um, and that kind of that hope gives us that endurance through. Um, the, the tough patches, but yeah, brilliant. definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. Just, one, just, just sorry, only to say, because it, it's people asking for help along those lines. It, you can only go so far in one answer to a question. I would just say um, we've, got, we've got some stuff in recent um, years. We've looked at um, the subject of mental health in a series we did called um, on, uh, your on Your Mind. And um, there would have been at least one or two that were specifically about depression, mental health in that series worth looking at. Mm. I would also say, um, I've read lot, you know, lots on this over the years. For me, one of the best books, one of my favorite books of, uh, of all, and certainly on this topic, is, is um, a book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, mm. which is, sounds a bit specific. It's about a particular person and his struggle with depression. But um, I, I find it particularly special as a book. It's called Spurgeon's Sorrows. It's by a guy called Zach Eswine, Zach Eswine. And just Google it or Amazon it or whatever. And uh, it's just so helpful on this, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, the one last question, I think we started off talking about church community. And on Monday, we heard about how there's a, uh, there's a plan for us to, to come out of lockdown and to have restrictions lifted. And I guess there's lots of parallels with the Elijah story of uh, being locked away, not being connected, you know, just having to like, learn a whole bunch of new things. Um, even for us as a church, we've got to be a voice into into the into the situation we've got to be a, a community that speaks life and, and prophesies god's words into into this season what would you say to people who are are trying to figure out what's their manual plan for these next few weeks for the season yeah so we we've um um i think 
the, the, the coming out of lockdown, which we're, you know, we're, we're hopeful now, we, we feel like there's a deadline and uh, all that the Prime Minister said gives us some encouragement that, that uh, a new season is on the way. Frankly, I think as a church, um, it has been, uh, it's been an opportunity for us to really stop, pause, reevaluate, pray hard about what we're called to do. And um, in some respects, it's simple because in, the key things don't change. We, we, we're still called to help people find their way back to God. We, we're still all about these key values. Jesus leads the church. Um, everything changes except the gospel. Uh, we play as team and we stay inspired. Those, it's nice to have some foundations that are rock solid. That we, those are not going to change. We're very steady with those. But I think there's a lot for us as elders to pray about in terms of strategy and about how we approach the post-COVID world. Um, we talked over, well, yeah, a year ago when we, this all happened. The first story we went to was Noah. And uh, we spent a few weeks, months in that story of a family going into the ark, going into lockdown, going into isolation and, um, and just waiting for a new world and then coming out on the other side of that story into a a world that's been changed by a flood and everything. And, and um, that's really how it is for us. We're going to come out into a world that's a little different and a lot of things to, for us to think about. And for lots has changed for us as a church. And, and I think, please pray. That's why Big Wednesday is important. Mm -hmm. We need to be praying. We need to be connecting with God, connecting together with God and sensing him shaping our, our future uh, and our story. So, so that's my big answer. I, mean, I say that to say, pray. pray. We always Brilliant. begin with prayer. Superb. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much for joining us on Live Brunch this week. We will see you again next Sunday. Matt Carvel is preaching to us. Have a lovely week ahead.